In the world, we have to do something noble to be valued. But in the kingdom, we become valued by the noble one, Jesus, first. And from that reality, we operate in good works. Let's talk about it. In today's cruel culture and wounded world, you deserve some good news. Preacher Things started in 2016, devotional encouragement that challenged how most believers believe. Later, I was approached about turning the social media post into something more akin to audiovisual format that explained and extended the thoughts for clarity. Clarity came in 2021. After a season of frustration, transition, personal growth, and soulful maturing, the Preacher Think podcast puzzle began falling into place while worshiping through bitterness, praising through change, being comforted, cared for, and counseled back into leadership, and enjoying a season of celebration. God blessed me with a team, the resources, the support, and the permission to present to you Preacher Think. Thoughts downloaded from God and His Word, uploaded to all through the lens of grace and kingdom. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Preacher Think, where I take thoughts downloaded from God and His Word and upload them to you via the lens of grace and kingdom. I am the creator and the host of Preacher Think, Chad Joyner, and I am excited to share with you what? Some good news from the Word of God, the written Word that points to the living Word. And here's the thought that we're going to jump off from today. In the world, we have to do something noble to be valued or recognized. But in the kingdom, we become valued by the noble one, Jesus, first. And from that reality, we operate in good works. I normally would not do what I'm about to do, um, but I'm going to share something with you uh, from my journal that um, is obviously something that's personal to me. But I think that uh, this is general enough that it fits into pretty perfectly what we're going to talk about today, which is kingdom opposites, how the kingdom is opposite from the world. So I want to share with you, and I want you guys to bear with me. This is a little bit lengthy, but I want to share with you something that I recorded in my journal recently about kingdom opposites, in which I titled The World, the Kingdom, and Their Opposites. Listen to this. I do some circuit training in regard to exercise a handful of times each week. When I do so, it is part of a social media community that's facilitated online by a fitness coach. While we work, they motivate while instructing through the exercises. Now, I've been working out for a very long time, nearly 40 years, and I'm not one to need much motivation to get a good workout in. So as we navigate the circuit training together, I'm usually on board just to have them facilitate my time for me and to see the exercises included in the circuit. I don't listen to much of the motivational speeches between the reps and the sets, but I do tune my ears in at times. Recently, I did so a bit more than I usually do. And I believe it's because I was hearing language that wasn't bad. It was just that it was language uh, that highlighted how things work in the world. And I immediately thought to myself how opposite kingdom language was. For example, there was talk about how in our physical bodies to reach our fitness goals, we must climb the ladder to achieve and be successful. Now, I completely understand that idea from the world standpoint and in regard to exercise and physicality. Uh, but in the kingdom, I recognize I've already been made successful. I'm already successful. 
I'm successful not because I climbed any ladder to said success. Uh, I mean, let's think about that for a second. Biblically speaking, as the people that tried to build a tower uh, called Babel, they tried to climb up to God, and we know, you know, they tried to get up to heaven, and we know how that worked out for them. So, again, I am not successful because I climbed any ladder of said success, but because God came down to me as himself in a body, namely Jesus, to rescue me and to make me successful. He did that, listen, for the entirety of humanity. Now, my climbing, so to speak, is to express and or release the success in him that I have, that I've already been given, which is releasing him into the earth, not that I'm achieving anything. There was also, listen to this, some talk about becoming. From the world's viewpoint, we become something or someone that we are not yet. It speaks to a mindset of, I think, lack or poverty. From the kingdom's perspective, I have already become at the core of my being and true self in spirit who I was always meant to be, who I was created to be from original intent. I awaken to that reality when I awaken the rebirth in Jesus and the truth that I had been born from above, from imperishable and incorruptible seed. Now, I understand as a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, I'm growing up and maturing into in my soul what I've already become in my spirit. But that has no bearing on the truth of who I've already become, which is perfect at my core. This speaks to my reality of having all I need for life and godliness, having received every spiritual blessing to be made manifest and or released into the natural realm at the proper and appointed time by God, my good, good father, listen, when it is most beneficial to my existence and, and being in the earth. This perspective speaks to a mindset of abundance and prosperity. That's, there's the opposite. The other one, the, the world that speaks to lack and, and, and poverty. This perspective speaks to a mindset of abundance and prosperity in every area and facet of my life. Listen, believing it to be, whether I see it currently with my physical eyes or not, the spiritual eyes don't lie. And my kingdom vision sees my reality uh, and sees the reality of my abundance in Christ. They see my way through any wilderness, dark situation, or propensity to carve a new avenue when God desires to do a new thing in me that requires me to trust him. He is the one to provide all that's needed when I write the vision, make it plain, then step out to execute the plan to cut a new road that he leads me to cut through the woods as a pioneer that later generations may follow. Furthermore, from the motivational talking points of the facilitator doing our particular workout, there was talk of, listen to this, knocking down doors. In the world, that's what the world instructs us to do. See a door of opportunity, peek in when it's cracked, and once we see what we like on the other side, kick the door down to enter the room and take what we want, want by grit, grind, and force. Now, I get being ambitious and super confident and having a forward-thinking attitude to go after or lay hold of uh, what is believed to be the marks of success. I get that. But in the kingdom, it's not about kicking down doors. It's about Jesus being the door. It's about him always being my favor, my opportunity, 
my avenue into an atmosphere more than to get anything, but to express and exhibit him. The stuff behind each of the world's doors will come as a byproduct of who? The door, Jesus, operating in and through me. In him, he says, ask and it, whatever it is, will be, not might be, it will be given. He says, seek and I will, not might, but I will find. He says, knock and it, whatever it is, shall be open to me. That's Matthew 7, 7 through 8. So I don't have to knock down any doors as I've been infused into the ultimate door himself named Jesus. So those are just some personal examples and some things that I recognized as uh, I was journaling the other day in regard to kingdom opposites and how the kingdom works differently than the world does. But the question is, is what are some examples of kingdom realities that have worldly opposites that we can uh, see biblically? Um, well, for that, we can go to the Gospels and we can find tons of examples from the parables of Jesus where Christ so aptly starts them by saying the kingdom of God is like he's not using shrouded language and, and, and a ton of um mystery or, you know, a ton of uh, signs or and uh, types or shadows. He's saying this is what the kingdom of God is like. He says this to do what? To make a differentiation between how the world has perceived the kingdom and the actuality of what kingdom really is. And he does this, listen, in symbolic narratives that would be common to the lives of the hearers that conveyed a moral or better yet a truth about the nature and the character of God and the kingdom realm in which he resides. Now, I said a symbolic narrative. Uh, again, these would be, again, narratives that were common to the lives of the hearers. So when they would hear what he was even saying, even if he did speak these things in symbols, it was very, very clear to them what he was talking about. Now, as a side note, remember, you and I, believer, we have been made into the spiritual house of God, the temple of the living God. Hello, 1 Corinthians six nineteen in Colossians 2. So when I talk about, listen to this, the kingdom realm in which he resides, don't concede the truth that he lives in us. So that would mean that the kingdom realm is inside you and I, believer, that's why scripture says that the kingdom of God is at hand or it's within your reach or within your grasp, meaning that the kingdom is so close to you that you can touch it. As a matter of fact, it is on the inside of you and it's touching you because the kingdom realm is on the inside of you and I by the person of or, or the fullness of the Godhead that lives on the inside of us. Furthermore, listen to this. Kingdom is not just relegated to a place. It's not just heaven. And listen, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I am not trying to take heaven away from anybody. But what I am saying is, is that there is so much more to kingdom than just heaven. I'm saying don't sell yourself short. Kingdom is not just a place. It's actually a person, namely Jesus. How do we know that? Well, Romans 14, 17 gives us a clue. This is what it says. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Some translation says it's not about what you eat or what you drink, but it's about righteousness, peace, 
and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So how do we know that kingdom's not just a place and it's a, it's a person, namely Jesus? Because kingdom is about righteousness, peace, and joy. Who is our righteousness? Jesus. That's 1 Corinthians 1. Who is our peace? Jesus. That's Ephesians 2. Who is our joy? Jesus. That's Galatians 5. And kingdom, listen to this, it's not just some geographical location that we're waiting to enter in the sweet by and by where we can shed our passivity and become powerful and authoritative beings of God. No, that is our reality right here, right now, in the nasty here and now. We have already shed our fear, our anxiety, and our passivity. Second Timothy says that God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity or a spirit that shrinks back, but a, we've been given a spirit, a new human spirit that's coupled with the Holy Spirit. It is a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we're not waiting to shed our passivity and our fear. We have already done that, and we have become powerful and authoritative beings of God right here, right now. How do we know this? Well, we have to go back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28, and it tells us of our dominion, power, and authority. Let's read that. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I believe this is God talking to the fullness of the Godhead, meaning talking to Jesus and Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So that was the original design and intent that we have from the creation narrative, listen, and by rebirth into Christ, we have been given, past tense, dominion, power, and authority to rule and to reign in the earth over things, not people, over things. Now, that, that was the problem. This is a side note. That was the prob that's the problem with dictatorship in any form of slavery, in any form of people trying to lord over others. All it does is create problems because we were never meant by original intent and design to reign and rule over people, but over things. We've been given a human responsibility to do what? In our dominion, power, and authority. To steward our bodies, um, our finances, our emotions, our soul growth, things like that. And listen, I, I, I believe God is in control in regard to his sovereignty, his all-powerfulness. But we also, us, people in the earth, believers, have been given human responsibility as a form of what I like to call um, borrowed control, if you will. Uh, God's not a control freak. Uh, 
contrary to popular belief. His sovereignty, again, he is all-powerful, and God's not freaking out because he made a decision to share his control with us in the earth uh, via this borrowed control that I'm talking about, and I'll explain that a little bit more in a minute. He's not now up in heaven freaking out, thinking, oh my God, I gave away too much power. He is all-powerful. He never runs out of power. He never runs out of control, so he's not worried about controlling every little thing that's going on in the earth because God is not a control freak. He's not controlling. He's quite the opposite. He has, listen to this, shared his control with us and that only for us to turn right around and to really recognize when you really know the character of God and how he's operating in and through your life. He does that. We recognize the way to empower others is to actually relinquish said control or power and do what? and direct it back to God. Why? Listen to this. Because the power the, because the, the power or the form of control that we have is called dominion authority in the earth. And it was what? It was gifted to us by God. So it's not a control of our own making anyway. Uh, it's that borrowed control that I just mentioned earlier or a few minutes ago uh, that we simply get to steward. You couldn't earn this control. You couldn't work for it. There's nothing that you could do to buy it from God. It was a gift from God for us to subdue the earth, to have dominion over the things of the earth, and to walk in that dominion power and authority and stewardship as children of God, as sons and daughters of the Most High King. To maybe um, put it a better way, Symbiotically, there is a beautiful flow of God's sovereignty that is simultaneously coupled with our human responsibility. Uh, I mean, and I'm saying this because he didn't create us to be robots or puppets only to follow commands. Uh, there's this, again, beautiful flow of God's sovereignty that is uh, simultaneously coupled with our human responsibility. And it's the beauty of what's known as the both and both our responsibility and his sovereignty happening and working and moving and flowing all at the same time. That allows for him to have shared his control with us in the way of human responsibility, listen, while not running short of his loving control and power to be sovereign in and over all things and all people. But about these kingdom opposites, as described in the parables of Jesus that I was talking about earlier. I want to take the time to go over them because, uh, you know, I, I want to take the time to go over a few of them. I won't go over all of them because that would take a significant amount of time. And I, and listen, even the ones that I'm going to go over, I will spare you guys of reading the long passages of scripture in which these parables are contained. But I will share a few just so we can see how the kingdom perspective is opposite of the world's perspective. You write, uh, and I'm gonna kind of link them back to that journal entry that I wrote uh, and, and shared with you guys. You might remember I mentioned earlier from my journal the idea that the world has about achieving, whereas in the kingdom it's about receiving. Wanna share the good news? You can support Preacher Thing by sharing it with everyone using the share button. You can stay connected to Preacher Thing via Instagram, Facebook, 
YouTube, and various podcast streaming platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about what the gospel has done for you, message us or leave them in the comment section. You can also email us at preacherthink at gmo.com. Thanks for tuning in.